Hello everyone and welcome back. We had a little bit of a break, but we're back now. We took some time off with the rest of the riders to just chill it out. But we stoked to be back and give you some very useless MotoGP information. Nike, welcome back. Did you enjoy the break? Or are you happy to be back? Yes, I did enjoy the break. It was nice being off a bit, but I'm uh, it's not been fun looking at your sad face and checking the schedule to see when the first race is coming back and checking the calendar and marking off. Like, there's a big heart around the MotoGP return date on our calendar. So, and I'm excited. I'm excited. This will be bigger than our wedding day. And that's saying a lot. Loki, we have been mo- missing MotoGP. Luckily, we had the Springboks and Drikas Duplessis, the true African champion, to keep us entertained. That was absolutely so much fun to watch. Guys, this is what we did. And we recommend you do the same. There's a podcast called Rugby Punted, Nick and Ronnie. They are very, very good. It's about rugby, Springbok rugby, and just chatting rugby around the braai. Give them a like and a follow, listen to them. If you're real South Africans or true South Africans like us, you enjoy any sport, whether UFT, the Springboks, cricket, whatever it is, we just love South African sports. So guys, be sure to check out Rugby Funded. Awesome guys, good, good friends of ours. So you know, whenever a woman gives birth, you get like a push present. You know, we're going through that excruciating pain and everything. So I think I deserve like MotoGP break presents for all the pain you put me through with your excruciating scary faces and weeping at night. So I think I deserve a gift for going through that. I hope that might picked up clearly that you said a push present and not something else. I will get you a present, the present of racing returning in one week. It's not that long, guys. We are super, super stoked. Please. Give us some ideas in the comments here what I can get Shanae as a push present. She didn't like my canvas. That's why we're giving it away today. Apparently, racing isn't a decorating style in the house. That's acceptable. So, yeah, the canvas giveaway will announce a little bit later. Nike, you said you wanted to play some sort of game or something. What's going on? Yes, I thought um, while we're waiting for actual racing to comment on for 30 minutes, I thought we could play a game. I'm going to name a team. And then you have to say the first thing that comes to your mind and then you have to motivate or the first word that comes to your mind. And then you have to motivate why you've chosen that and why that comes up. Okay, that sounds fun. Is it going to be like a recap or, or how is it going to work? Is it, do you want me to say one word in regard to the season so far? Yeah, we can do that. Then you can just recap of what's happened and how you feel about the teams and where we might be heading. Okay, so first we had Lenovo Ducati. My word is dominant, and I don't even think I have to go into explaining why dominant. Pekka Bengnaya is just on another level. He's showing the world why he's world champion. Yes, everybody knows that Ducati is the best motorcycle out there. It's the best bike to be on, but Pekka is showing consistency week in and week out, and any MotoGP pundit or any sports pundit will tell you consistency is what gets you there. So I'm turning my word from dominant to consistent. Pekka and the Ducati for the first time is consistent. Yes, um, I know for all the social media you've done, dominant Ducati has been your slogan, so it does not come as a surprise to me. I think we need to start thinking of a new word that rhymes with Ducati for the DC then as your homework. The next one is KTM Factory Racing. KTM, obviously our favorite. Um, my one word's going to be most improved. Is that one or two words? Two words. Because I don't like it. I don't like it. Is it all dashing between? So most improved, 
also very self-explanatory when Jack came over. I think he's made a massive difference. I think he's a very good teammate to Brad. He's brought a lot of the Katie knowledge. That paired with the fact that KTM is not afraid of throwing money at this thing. We spoke about the 3D printer that they have in the paddock. These guys are really not only ready to race, they're ready to throw a shit ton of money at winning. So most improved. Can I say Netflix's arm for you? Or does that because you're South African and you like that's your fan favorite team? Or does that only count for family members or maybe bias? Or yeah, Nedry Chisel is only family and I, I, I am part of the KTM family. They always talk about the KTM family. So let's call it Nedry Chisel, but yeah, KTM, we love you. Kirby. Anyways, uh, Monster Energy Yamaha is the next one. Again, I don't know if it's one or two words. I'm not very good at this game because I keep using two words, but I'm going to say second worst. And why I'm saying second worst is I think Yamaha is absolutely in a hole at this moment, but the fact that Honda's bikes are trying to kill the riders are taking a lot of the spot mark off Yamaha. So second worst is praise or the words I'm going with. Still haven't won a race, hasn't been competitive. They definitely have work to do, but I feel they're better off than Honda at this stage. So second worst. That's a bit accurate, but anyways, rapes are Honda. Reps on, I'm going to say nightmare. Like, it's the worst of the worst. It can't get any... How bad could it get? Not only is the bike complete dog shit at the moment, it is also actively trying to kill all its riders. I think... So, Alex Burns broken leg two places. Mark Marquez has already missed out on races and has been injured. John Mir, I think he's got a broken hand or broken wrist. This Honda is just a killing machine at this stage. So... They're in a bad spot, and I'm really hoping they can pull out of it. So my Honda word is definitely nightmare. Normally when someone uses the phrase killing machine, that's like in an exciting good way. But then that's why you really mean killing machine. Because you'll get killed driving it. I honestly think, and I hope this doesn't come true, but I hope there's a little bit of changes because I think someone's going to get really good on that bike. And that's not me advocating for it or trying to manifest it. I'm just genuinely concerned. Not even a place where I want to make a joke about it. It's the end concern for the Repsol Honda riders. So let, let's hope they can sort that out. Okay, and lastly, we have Factory Aprilia. Okay, lastly, we have is Factory Aprilia. Yo, you kind of stumped me with this one. Factory Aprilia, one word I'm going to say, overrated. So they came into the season. They came into the season being picked the second best bike on the grid, just under Ducati. And they're going to win races. And with Miguel Oliveira, they, uh, Fernandez, they, they they have a strong team. They've added two bikes to the grid with Oren and Fabrilla. They've got a satellite team. And they've just not delivered. It's been so underwhelming from them. I don't know what's going on. But I also feel they're going to be our comeback story in the second part of the season. So watch them. But yeah, that's just a little bit of a recap from our side. I honestly think that come second part of the season we're going to see a lot of changes there's a lot of stuff going on but what's more important than what has happened is what is busy happening and that gets me on to our next part Nike let's address those elephants in the room and don't be so hard on yourself like you haven't picked up that much weight in the break you're doing great we've been eating healthy and working out already and trained for this new season I was actually referring to the elephants in the room which is part the room with but Thank you for the motivational speech there. <laughs> we can edit that out. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, like you said, getting on to charts and rumors. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to, I've dotted down a few points here and 
I'm going to go through them. But before I go through them, I'm going to just take you back to some some articles and stuff we've posted on our social media. And the biggest talking point this far is Mark Marquez KTM. There's like so many of our South African listeners that just this topic just gets to them. It's like it's like a little prick that annoys them, but it isn't going away. Mark Marquez is a Red Bull athlete. He's always been a Red Bull athlete. KTM's biggest sponsor is Red Bull. So the biggest rumor that has surfaced is that KTM has approached LCR, which is currently a satellite team that has two Hondas on the grid. Tucker Nakagami and Alex Rhodes. That's LCR. And KTM has asked them to have KTM bikes next year so they can create space for Moto2, Prodigy, and upcoming star Pedro Acosta and Mark Marquez. I don't think this is that's going to happen. That's why I'm addressing it now. We will get to our points later on. That's what our prediction is, thinking this is just the current news. So that's what they're putting out there. I don't know if they're going to, I don't think so. I don't know that they're going to get LCR to come over to them. The other thing is, and we've spoken about it numerously on this podcast, is Mark Marquez has a year left with Honda and it's about 25 million euros or pounds or whatever to get him out of that contract. I don't know if they're going to get him out of that contract, even with the backing of KTM and Red Bull. So it's very difficult. Uh, we know these guys have a lot of money laying around or whatever, but I don't know if they're going to get them out of that. Well, my hot take the last time was that Anaya would get cut, unfortunately, and it would be... Mark Marquez and Keiko Benyaya riding for Ducati. That was like my hot take. But um, I know that they've said that they're not willing to sign with him. So I think, you know, wherever else he can get a seat, he should take it at this point. As you said, he's driving a death trap and he's just injuring himself. And as you get older, this is very much a stressful sport. And I think he needs to start thinking about his health and his age. And, you know, where he wants to end his career. And he needs to just make a bit more of an adult decision and not just a hot-headed racing in the moment decision. I think he has, like, a lot of considerations to do. Yeah, so Mark obviously now has a girlfriend and I think he's getting to that that age. He's also come out and said that, listen, he has a lot of money. To him at this stage, it's not about money anymore. He doesn't care if it's a factory bike, a satellite bike, whatever. He just wants to win another world championship. And as a massive Brad Bidner fan, it would concern me if Mark Marcus jumped on the KTM because we've said it before and I'll say it again. If he can be competitive, and I know he's not really competitive, but look at the way he rides that death trap Honda. If he can do that on the KTM, he's going to be a headache for a lot of people in the better. But yeah, I, think, I do think you're right. Mark is growing up. And he needs to grow up. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But I'm, I don't think it's going to happen soon. Another rumor that's been floating around, Joan Mir, du, uh, Grissini Ducati, to replace Javier de Gian Antonio. I also think this is a very big possibility. Uh, the Gian Antonio, in my opinion, and people might thought to me for this, is not a MotoGP standard racer. The quality of the field at this stage is so good. That bike is so good and he's not on par. He really should be doing better on that bike. So, Joan Mir is a COVID 2020 world champion. So, yeah, I think it would be fair for him to get off that uh, Red Bull Honda, the same one Mark riding, and go to Grissini Ducati to be teammates with Alex Marquez. Yeah, well, I can't really comment. Yeah, I can't say that he's actually stood out for me. I mean, this is how me really taking notes in racing this year with you and really getting into it, and I can't really say that. 
I've noticed him much or he's meant anything to the racing so far. I think we need to bring Darren back. I think we need some Darren Bender riding about on the track again. That's my biased opinion for this podcast today. Wouldn't we all love to have some Darren back, but I, unfortunately I don't see that happening. But never say never. Maybe if we pray upon the MotoGP gods, they will bless us with some Darren Bender in the, in the paddock. I don't know, we can like play some Pico trance music in the background and you can drink some chewies out of your MotoGP shoes and hope for the best. So we could do like a little ritual we assemble hot dogs and play Pico trance and have chewies and do like a, bring Darren Binder back to the paddock dance instead of a ring dot. <laughs> that sounds like fun. I'm making some, some other points and... I'm going to get into what I think is going to happen here, and you can agree or disagree with me. First thing I want to say, yes, controversial, but I'm going to say it. Paul Espargo out Pedro Costa. And why I'm saying that is because I don't think KTM is going to close two LCR seats, and they're going to have to make space for Pedro Costa. They can let Marcus stand on for another year, but I don't think they can let Pedro Costa stand motor two for another year. So Paul Espargo out of gas, gas, Pedro Costa in. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Pedro's getting a lot of media heat and getting a lot of support and getting a big fan base building for him. So I'm sure that they'd want to push him in and see what he can do with the big guys. Definitely. He's a Spanish and motorcycling prodigy, according to, to many people. So I think he's in. Next point I've got down here is that Mark Marquez finished his Honda contract or possibly moved to Aprilia. So this is my second prediction. I don't think KTM's going to have a seat for him. I think Rual Fernandez, is it Rual Fernandez? I always get confused which Fernandez brothers are on my bike. Yeah, it's Rual Fernandez on the second RNF bike. Now, again, don't fall to me. It is a satellite team, but Mark said he doesn't care about factory satellite. He wants a competitive bike. That really is a good bike. So, take a prediction. Mark, Mark is either finishes his contract or he moves and takes Fernandez's place in RNF Aprilia next to Miguel Oliveira. Well, yeah, like you said, it is a satellite bike, but I think any move for him is like a must at this point. He really needs to start becoming a competitor again. 90% agreed. Next prediction, we spoke about it earlier, just going to brush over it. Join me too, because you need to get to racing. Makes a lot of sense for me. Fabio de Gilantone hasn't been performing. Not going to get into that any further. Definite move. Alex Jones, Factory ML, also spoke about it. Tutor's riding style. They need an experienced campaigner there to help them develop the bike. Alex Jones helps as you develop their bike in previous years. That's a very good option. That's a good fit. So I think that's going to happen. There, the interesting part. The old boys club, the inside club, the all Italian friends inside circle. What's going to happen there? My opinion. First one, Marco Bezzecchi moves to Pramac to Cathy. So he moves from VR46 to Pramac to Cathy and he becomes teammates with Jorge Martin and the old man Zarco think I'm thinking he's going to lose his seat. But why would he move? Like he's been doing so well where he is now and he's really been like representing the team and showing what you know, all their hard work. So I think he's very loyal. I'm not sure if Marco would move at this point. I don't know, but I can see that. I'll tell you exactly why he's going to move. There's two points while he's going to move. He's a good friend. Frank of Albedelli needs a seat. That's point number one. Point number two, Pramit is the best satellite to get in there. So they 90% of the time have the same spec bike as the Lenovo Ducati guys, as the fact you can get. So, Marco Bezzecchi is proposing himself as a title contender. He won an up to spec bike, the same as Pekka next year. So, he'll move into Pramac to have the same bike as Pekka. 
and that also creates place for Franco Mobadili. So then, second point, Franco Mobadili moves from Pekri Yamaha, because Alex Renz is going to take his seat, to VR46. We all know that VR46 is Arati's team, and Franco Mobadili and Rossi are very good mates. He can play the Rossi Academy. Rossi is not going to allow Franco Mobadili not to have a ride next season. There's a lot of rumors going around that Franco will be going to World Superbike, I don't see that happening. I think Franco is going to become teammates with Luca Marini and the VR46 Academy boys are going to stick together. And then, unfortunately, that will mean Jones Alka will lose his ride. Jones Alka has been in the paddock for a long time. Fun fact, Jones Alka has never won a race. He's had a lot of podiums. He's done it well. He's been a contender. Jones Alka has never stood on the number one spot in the last, I don't know how many years. And if you're Ducati and you currently have the best bike on the grid, you need the best riders combined with that. And they're going to swap out Franco for, for a younger Franco for a Giants Alco, in my opinion. I don't know if I agree with you, because nothing to Frankie Mobadilli, but I I do not see that now Valentino Rotti is busy developing and his hard work is paying off. And we can see what, what Marco Buzeki is made for that team. There is loyalty in all that, but I also do think that he wants to have a winning team, and I think he wants to team and get a possible world championship and i think if he wants to do that he knows he needs to keep the team that he has right now because it is a winning team so i'm not sure if he'll take that risk so early on i understand your opinion but i can also see you started about watching motor gp this year lots so the reason why i got you this and i understand why you're getting to where you're getting is because franco morbidelli seems like he's not performing Franco Morbidelli, two, three years ago, when Yamaha still had a competitive bike, was a title contender for a very long time. Franco Morbidelli, in my opinion, talent-wise, is right up there with Becker Benga. And that Yamaha is not so good bike to Frankie, and I think if you put Frankie on the right bike, and Rossi knows this, he'll be very competitive. But I have to say, it makes sense to say, Rossi might want a world championship for his team. And to get a world championship for his team, Marco Bezeki might be his best shot. So that's a very, very valid point you make there. Let's see what happens. Let's see where it goes. And they are. I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, keep your eyes on our social media. We'll give you all the latest news as it comes. But KTM LCR seats not happening this year and a lot of internal changes is basically what it boils down to. Okay, so there's something I just want to mention that, you know, we have touched the little bits on, on our social media. So it's just obviously with the Barbie premiere and that we haven't seen any bigger PR in the world as the Barbie premiere. So even our own Fabio Quattararo got onto the wagon of the Barbie train with these new hairstyles. So what do you think? You know, is it came in taking on the 90s again or what's your opinion? My opinion is that he doesn't look anything like King. He looks like a backseat boy. It is, if you take LED with his stupid sunglasses and a backseat boy and they have a child, that's what that picture of Fabio looked like. It was not my style, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving away my age here. Maybe I'm too old, but she's that for them. Yeah, I'll just end up saying that luckily they do wear helmets when racing. Hopefully the Rasta month reads. Don't bother too much inside his helmets because he, he can really be without any further distractions this year. Another thing that's popped up in the break that's worth mentioning is qualifying changes. Guys, I've got a video about this. Long story short, how qualifying 
practice changes or what's coming to places. B1 has turned into FB1, so it's completely a free practice. So your first session on a Friday morning does no longer count or getting into the top 10 places for qualifying one or two. So the first practice session is a complete free practice session to get the bike set up, get it dialed in, to get everything going. I think this is a good and a bad thing, a good thing for the guys to not have stress to get the bike dialed in. A bad thing because now they only have got one session to try and get into qualifying. So you're going to see a lot of red flags, a lot of falling, a lot of mistakes in that last 30 minutes of B2 because everybody's going to be chasing times. And the other thing is if there's bad weather, luckily usually the weather, there was a possibility of the weather changing between B1 and B2. Now, if there's bad weather in P2, that's what it is. And you have to make deal with what you have. But I guess it's the same across the board. So what I am positive about is our sport is looking at stuff and making changes and advancing. We've got sprint paces this year. So we, we don't have a stagnant sport. We have a sport that's constantly moving forward. And it's nice to see you, to be honest. Yeah, I have to agree with you. It is good to think of myself. I do think it is anchor of match, you know, just to get there and it's game day and you have to race and the best of the best wins and unfortunately it doesn't give them a lot of time to make the adjustments that they would like to make but just getting down to racing and you have to be ready for it so it's a lot more faster pace and i think it's going to be exciting to watch yeah i think it does it is going to add some excitement guys then we're going to finish up the podcast and yes we've specifically done it this way to keep the whole podcast by announcing our winner of the Brad Binder Canvas. It's one meter by 800 millimeters. We ran a little competition on our socials and we said we'll announce the winner. So very well done to Mr. Jacques Leroux. Jacques is one of our top fans and always comments and is always evolved. Jacques, thank you very much. We'll get into contact with you and make sure that you get your canvas soon. Congratulations and I do apologize for if they might seem up a little bit of dates in it someone i'm not pointing fingers might have cried a little as parting ways with the banner but congratulations that really looks cool guys thank you again for all the main support we see our social growing we see how much the podcast has grown if you have any suggestions of the for the pod please reach out to us our email is innova group sales it's i-n-n-o-v-a G-R-O-U-P-S-A-L-E-S at Outlook.com. So in Nova Group Sales, if you guys have any recommendations for the pod, please let us know. And we will see you once action starts. We cannot wait. Only a few more days hanging there and we'll be back on track. Say bye, Nate. Bye.